Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey folks, before we get this episode started, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters over on patreon.com slash positivelytrek, including Carl Morris, Joyce Marin, Jim Stoffel, and Dave Garcia. Thank you all so much for your support. If you'd like to help keep Positively Trek coming to you each week, please go to patreon.com slash positivelytrek. You can help out the show, and at any level, you will receive perks such as early access and exclusive bonus content. Thank you all so much for listening. And with that, let's get on with the show. You getting Baz Minty when he pulled back the veil vibes from this guy? Oh, yeah. Captain Freeman, our Packlet refugee appears to be more of a Packlet spy. What? He hasn't gotten anything, has he? No, I think we'll be okay. He just took a photo of his own foot. What are up with these unprovoked attacks? Why are you attacking this podcast? You should not be coming after us. We are going to do a ceasefire. Hi, I'm Bruce Gibson on the Positively Trek podcast. How dare you attack us like this? I am Captain Janeway, in other words. No, I'm not. Wait, well, I'm so confused right now, Dan. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, maybe just as confused as you are with regards to this episode. So this should be an interesting discussion. <laughs> Excellent. Dan Gunther, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. You're here. I'm so <laughs> glad. I'm so glad you're not off in your little adventures anymore that you're here all the time. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings, but I'm really happy to be back. Be, being able to do the show from home is is really happy. I've been home, uh, wow, most of September now. This is crazy. I can't believe how late in September it is now. Yeah, mixed feelings, huh? Okay, well, you know, we don't have to do the shows together. Um, so... <laughs> no, like I said, I'm totally <laughs> happy to be here to do the show. Mixed feelings about the rest of it. Yes, I understand. I'm with you. So, a spy humongous i love that title it's so nice uh, the spy six. humongous is that yes so is the spy humongous is that spoofing something because i couldn't figure that out myself i don't know i just figured it was like a spy among us is that something oh that makes sense okay sorry my brain could not do that that makes that makes sense a spy but among the, us but but the, there were... the spy among us yeah I mean, there's. I'm just. I'm just googling. I mean, there's several books with that name. I guess that's a popular title for things. Yeah, that makes sense. I just did not enter my brain. That makes sense. I was trying to think of like James Bond type stuff, like the spy who loved me, or or the spy who shagged me. If you want to go to Austin Powers, but you know, I I just for some reason my brain didn't go Among Us, humongous. That makes perfect sense, and I'm I'm kind of red faced. I didn't didn't make that connection. <laughs> Well, now you did. So I, I don't know. That was just what I assumed it was. So, but yeah, it's episode six of season two. And Dan, what are your first impressions of this episode? First impressions. That's a, an interesting way to ask it because like a few episodes this season, as we started to get into this episode, 
my eyebrows are kind of being raised. I'm kind of going, I don't know about this. I, hmm, I don't know. But like previous episodes this season as well, by the time we get to the end of it, I'm loving it. And making it's making me realize that I should put my trust in the writers of Lower Decks, that they've got this thing figured out. They know how to do a good episode, and I need to trust them a little bit more that they know what they're doing here. Because, yeah, again, this episode by the end, it just had a ton of heart in it that I really loved, and I thought it was terrific. So, uh, yeah, first impressions overall after having watched the whole episode, I really enjoyed this one. I did too. I was laughing more at this one than some of the more recent ones. Again, I enjoyed the more recent ones, but I found myself laughing out loud a little more. There were some really good funny bits that really hit me. So that's the one thing I really did enjoy. And of course, the heart is there as always. Uh, So that was nice too. So to get that blend of heart and humor, you know, it's like uh, it's humor uh, humongous, you know? (laughs) There you go. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to go into this episode we're going to go into spoilers so if anyone listening hasn't watched this episode then if you don't mind spoilers then continue listening but yeah we're going to go into this just assuming that you guys have all watched it like we have so okay one of the funniest bits to me i don't know why i thought it was so funny but every time it was said it just cracked me up every time the packlets called freeman janeway I just lost it every single time. Oh, it's Captain Janeway. <laughs> I just kept <laughs> laughing every time. Even the second time I watched it, I laughed every time they referred to her as Janeway. Yeah, I mean, you know, she's a woman captain and Janeway's the only woman captain, right? So she's got to be Captain Janeway. Just like every ship is the Enterprise. That's, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Did they, ever, did they refer to the Cerritos as Enterprise in this one? I don't remember. They did, yep. They did. Uh, very okay. prominently right at the end of the episode, where Rumdar says, the Enterprise has really big bathrooms. Well, that's right, yes. <laughs> I remember that now. So we have Captain Janeway of the Enterprise. Yes. Okay, so that was the other thing that made me laugh, too, was the bathrooms. Yeah, that was... <laughs> the uh, the Packlet did something unspeakable in an airlock, is how uh, it gets put by Shax, I believe. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment because I want to talk about Casey because, you know, gosh, what an annoying dude that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the red shirts, right? I mean, the red shirts who name themselves that because they want to seem invincible. Right. I mean, because red sh- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness, people. I just said a bad word. Bad word. You would never hear that on Lower Decks. The red shirts. Yes, they're invincible. You never kill a red shirt. Of course not, right? <laughs> but yeah, so Captain Freeman and Shax go down on the planet where the packlets are, and they are there to negotiate a peace treaty, a ceasefire. And they meet with one of the ambassadors there. And of course, that ambassador refers to Freeman as Captain Janeway, as I mentioned. And then they also, then this one guy comes running and running and running. And he's like, you know, they announced that Rumdar is missing and has escaped. And now they accuse the, quote, Enterprise of capturing or stealing him away from them. And uh, I mean, at this point, I have to admit, I was like, how long are we going to play with the Packlids? You know, it's like they're almost in every episode now. This, I think this is only the second episode they've been in this season. But uh, I do have to say, like, they, um, 
a little bit of Packlid goes a long way because I that was my thinking as we got into this episode was like I'm a little, uh, you know, they're I, I get the joke. They talk slow. They sound dumb. They make mis, you know mistakes in how they perceive the world around them. I guess, and I'm like, ah, uh, do we really have to deal with these guys? But I think they did some interesting things with them later in this episode, specifically through Rumdar, that I actually kind of got on board with them. Yeah. And yeah, I don't mean they weren't, they've been in every episode. I just mean that they're either referred to or there's a ship or something. There always seems to be something Packlid's going on at some point or mention of. But yeah, it really feels like they're building up to something big with them. So I, I would expect to see more Packlids in the rest of the season, too. I have to admit, though, when the Packlid show, I'm like, really? Like, how many times are we going to like have the Packlids? Like, are they the big baddies? of lower decks. And then I realized, I guess so. I guess they are absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know how I felt about it, but after watching this episode, I'm like, yeah, I want more Packlids. I do. (laughs) They just crack me up. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a little indifferent myself. I'll I'll be interested to see where they go with it, but yeah, the one thing I will say, okay. And and I know we're probably going to talk about this, but you know how playmates now has the license to do Star Trek action figures and back in the 90s, the heyday of the action figures, they had like figures for just about every character you could possibly think of. I want an action figure of Rumdar wearing his Cerritos shirt and cap because I, I would love that on my on my shelf. I think that would be terrific. I saw you tweet or post on Facebook or something about that on social media. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll see that and make that happen. Maybe I don't. I posted it in our discussion group, and I don't know that anybody from Playmates is a member of our group. But maybe it's possible. Oh, it was in our discussion group. Okay, you got to tweet it out then. We got to get the attention. <laughs> yeah, I'll tag Playmates for sure. Or maybe it's like some big six-inch doll thing or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a three hundred dollar version. <laughs> oh man, no, 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 no! I just want the, I just want like the plastic action figure. That's all I want. <laughs> okay, so we know that the Enterprise. I, I know I'm saying Enterprise, but I'm saying that in quotes. But it's the Cerritos, of course. They're accused of stealing Rumdar, and I love how he's taking a tour of the ship. And yeah, then he's got that uniform, the uh, the shirt and the hat. From the gift shop. I didn't know that these ships had Starfleet gift shops and there's a juice bar too. I'm excited. I want to see the gift shop on the Enterprise at some point, like just in some future movie or something or in Strange New Worlds, they just walk by the gift shop and it goes by in the background. I want to see that. I'm just curious that anybody in the military that's listening to this or has served in the military, are there gift shops on any of these ships <laughs> or or bases. I mean, sometimes I can imagine like on a military base, you know, you do get visitors. You might have like some little gift shop or the PX, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure like I, I would assume like ships that are retired and turned into museums for sure. Like I'm reminded of Battlestar Galactica, the miniseries that started off the, the 2004 series where, you know, the the one of the flight pods had been turned into a gift shop and they had to get all the vipers from there to use them. So yeah, if there's like a retired US Navy ship or whatever, I'm sure there's like a gift shop attached to it. That would be cool. But they need they need to have one on an active serving vessel though. That would be <laughs> that would be great. 
Yeah, that's what I want to see. It was an uh, active serving vessel. Yeah, because I remember taking a tour of a U.S. naval ship that was retired, and I was it was actually I was there for a party. Like we had a party up on the deck, and underneath there hmm. was some stuff. And I think they were selling stuff. I don't remember though if there was a actual gift shop, but I bet there was. I just don't remember. That would be cool. Yeah, I'd check that out. So what'd you think of the idea that they have to do this anomaly consolidation thing? I mean, that's their duty. And then we found out that Tendi signed them up for it. Yeah, that was interesting. And I love how it, you know, it sounds interesting. Like the the name is, ooh, anomaly consolidation duty. What is that? Well, it's just like collecting the trash basically from the senior officers. It's, you know, they're, they're collections, their stockpiles, it's starting to pile up. They just need somebody to come and take away the trash. So, you know, I, I, it's kind of like one of those things where you name something glamorous, but it's, you know, not that great, like a uh, fuel transferal engineer for, you know, what we might call a gas jockey or something like that. So yeah, I, I thought that was funny. And, you know, I, I love, so Tendi just, and somebody commented on, uh, our live show the other night that Tendi is the embodiment of positively Trek. And that's so true. Her attitude, she's so positive and so upbeat. And it makes sense that she would sign up for this duty because it's something new that she's never done before. And it looks interesting. And maybe it's something that will be incredible and she'll love it. And I love that attitude. That's terrific. Well, she mentioned one of the reasons she did is because she said her friends were complaining they never really get any exciting missions or anything, and this would be something different to do. Mm -hmm. And it was funny she said that to me because lately I've been thinking how here's this lower deck crew that really shouldn't see much action, yet they do. <laughs> you know, they do see a lot of action. So I would not say their lives are boring at all, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I guess maybe in a 24th century perspective, their lives are boring when like some random anomaly can cause you to balloon up to this huge size. And that's just a normal thing. That's kind of an annoyance. I feel like their lives are, are really exciting for us here in the 21st century, but to them, it's probably pretty mundane. <laughs> so when, yeah, when Rutherford really ballooned up, I had thoughts of Kirk on Star Trek 09, oh, yeah. his hand ballooning up and his, yeah. I can't talk. I didn't know if that was supposed to kind of reference that in some way or not, but that was the only balloon up thing I could think of in Star Trek that we've seen. Mm -hmm. No, that, that makes sense. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And so when they're going around collecting the trash, and again, I'm using quotes. See, no one can see me but I'm using quotation marks with my fingers when they go around collecting the trash. I couldn't help but go, okay, am I supposed to know that? Am I supposed to know what that is? Is that supposed to be from something from a previous episode? I, I, to be honest with you, I didn't pick up on anything. And so I just wanted to ask you because I was like, I don't know if I'm missing something, if one of the, or more than one of the items is something that's from a previous episode of a Star Trek series. Did Not that I'm anything? aware of, no. Oh, um, unless there's things in novels that we haven't read. <laughs> no, I don't doubt that. <laughs> okay. I feel so much better because I thought I was <laughs> losing my Star Trek cred. I'm like, I don't recognize any of these, items. especially like when Tendi, uh, when the, she was like, I'll just do this in the, and, and Rutherford and Mariner are just like, okay, we'll just, yeah, go ahead, Tendi. We'll just sit here. She pulls out goggles. There was one point she goes goggles. And I was like, okay, that seems like something that I should know from something, but. Maybe not. Hmm, I didn't catch that one. So it, it might very well be. I, I'm not, I don't have 
each. I, yeah, right. I'm not looking at it right now. So, right. But yeah, that's the thing is, I I feel like sometimes a lot of people expect that every single tiny thing has to be a reference to something else in this, and that's just not the case. Like, there are a lot of references and Easter eggs, but like. Uh, I do see that sometimes people expect there has to be a, a tiny reference in every single thing. And I don't think that's the case. There are a lot, but not everything has to be a reference. Yeah, because when Tendi had the box and she starts freaking out like, yeah, you know, this does suck. And that turned her into the scorpion. I kept thinking, should I know what this box is? But they didn't call it anything. So I was like, no, it's probably just unique to this. They just kept referring to it as a box. You know. Well, Boimler does call it something uh, at the end. Uh, he calls it, calls it an ataxian mood shifter is oh, what okay. he calls that. Yeah. But again, yeah, I don't know that from anything. I'm just going to click it on. No, Maybe it they looks like Lower Decks. Up. It looks like the Lower Decks episode is the only uh, reference to that. So Good, good, good. Yeah, once they find out they're going to do this trash duty or ACD is what it's technically <laughs> called. Uh and Tendi's just so positive about it, it's going to be so exciting and stuff. Boimler is then approached by these red shirts. See, I'm doing the quotes again. The red shirts. And Ensign Casey's just like, hey, man, you served with the Titan. You're something. You've been with Riker. You should join us. And, you know, we're trying to get to the point that we want to be captains someday. And there's this position open for an acting captain coming up. And then, you know, we can all try to get into that or whatever. He's so cool and everything. Do you know any Ensign Casey's in your life? Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked with this person before. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely (laughs) is, is something that I've encountered before for sure. Dan has worked with Ensign Casey before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean to call these kinds of people from now on. Ensign Casey's. Yeah, oh. exactly. And to their face, you can just call them Casey. And they'll be like, my name's not Casey. Oh, sorry. I thought your name was Casey. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've worked with Ensign Casey's before, but I can say, I'm trying to think of my current job. I, I don't know anybody like this now, which is a good thing. But yeah, in past jobs, I've worked with multiple Ensign Casey's at the same time, which is scary. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a bad situation for sure. No, yeah, there's all these people that are all talk, right? And they don't they're not willing to put in the work. They just like want to advance and and look like the hero kind of thing. But they're not willing to get their hands dirty and actually do the work to do it. And that's totally the impression I get from this guy. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's a piece of work because he doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's a lamb. I'm calling out my daughters on this right now. So lamb as an L-A-M. So my daughters have come up with this little term to refer to kids at school who always want attention, meaning, you know, I guess some of the popular kids and stuff. So L-A-M means look at me. And so they'll come home. Yeah, they'll come home and they'll say like, "Oh, there was these two lambs today that were all making this big scene and trying, you know, all this stuff and da da." So that's our little code word: is lambs. Look at me's. I like that. That's excellent. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna remember that. That's clever. Ensign Casey is a lamb. (laughs) And then we had uh, Ensign Jennifer. I'm glad we got a little more of Jennifer in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fun. 
I, I like that it just started as a joke that Mariner, well, that Tawny Newsom made while recording and it stuck. I, I love that. Jennifer needs to continue on for sure. <laughs> yes. I expected Jennifer to be a little more of a pain in the butt in this episode, but she wasn't. She really didn't speak a whole lot, but I mean, I kind of liked her. She was fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what do we really know about her right now? She gets in the way of Mariner in the corridor at times, and she does yoga, and uh, Mariner really doesn't like her. And that's about it. (laughs) So (laughs) she's kind of benign in this episode. Yeah. I wonder if Mariner's like, when she first saw the red shirts, if she was like, oh, there's Jennifer. No wonder I don't like that group, because Jennifer's part of it, of course. (laughs) And there's a Kazinti, which I thought was pretty cool from the animated series. Yeah. So we've seen this guy a few times, but he actually gets a little bit featured here. He gets some lines. That was excellent. I was really happy to see him here. And of course, we get one moment with the Kazinti that I'm sure you're going to bring up that just was a chef's kiss, beautiful moment reference back to the animated series. Yeah, because the animated series, they're all like kind of hunched over. Right. Well, no, they they're not all hunched over. The telepath is really hunched over oh, because it's just the telepath. Okay. I haven't yeah. watched that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, because they're so stressed and and uh, put upon and that kind of thing. Yes. Well, then they're given Boimler pointers that if he's going to look like a leader, if he's going to look like a captain, he has to have good posture, not like this. And he leans down in that stance, like in the animated <laughs> series. <laughs> That was beautiful. And as soon as that happened, of course, I was thinking of Aaron Harvey about how much he's going to love that. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant because Aaron Harvey's like is slunched over all the time. No, no, no. No, no. Just because he's <laughs> obviously because he's such a huge, uh, you know, expert and fan of the animated series. I thought he'd really love that little reference there. Yeah, I know. I was just kidding. He's not slunched over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was fun seeing that. I thought that was pretty cool. Okay, and then we've got Rumdar, who is still, like, on the ship, and he's taking photos of his foot, which I thought was funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> they think he's a spy. He's there to get secret information. And Ransom's like, I wouldn't worry too much about it. He just took a photo of his foot. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, that's where I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit more on board with the Packleds being in this episode. This is a little bit fun. They're trying to be a spy and and trying to get Cerritos secrets. And, you know, they're showing him the juice bar and the gift shop and he wants to see the warp core. Oh, yeah, totally. No, we'll check that out. And uh, my favorite line from him, which is, can you give me your codes now? (laughs) It's like, oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, they're just they're so great. And then at the same time, we have Boimler with Ensign Casey and crew. And uh, Casey's asking him how often Riker cleans his trombone. Oh, constantly. (laughs) I'm just like, of all the things to ask, just, you know, here's this captain from this other ship that he's never served from. And like, the first thing he wants to know is, does he clean his trombone? And I'm like, how do people know from other ships that Riker plays a trombone? Because he must be doing this often. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, like Boimler says, it's constantly, it was almost an annoyance or whatever he said. And Casey's like, oh, I got to get something brass to blow on. Because <laughs> 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 that's what makes a captain, right? You have to have a brass instrument or something. So, yeah, these guys just don't have the right idea of 
what it takes to be a captain. But as far as like people knowing that Riker plays the trombone, I mean, you know, we know that in universe there are collector plates and stuff of famous Starfleet officers. So, you know, there's these guys all have their fans, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you might be able to buy a Riker trombone from the gift shop. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I want to see the gift shop now because I want to see those plates in there. I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then Rumdar is missing. So now they got to find him. And we're back on the planet and you've got Freeman and Shaxx down there. And they've been offered mush fruit. <laughs> and then the mushity, wait, majesty, mushity queen shows up. <laughs> I'm not used to saying mushity. <laughs> I just love the whole mush thing. Again, it's so stupid that I was just laughing. Everything about being mush fruit and mushity. Mm-hmm. Did you think yeah. the mush was kind of funny? It was pretty funny. I like that, you know, it's best when eaten rotten. You know, like that's what right. That's what they just decide is good. Uh, it reminded me of Klingons, you know, their food is best when eaten live and, and pack-led food is best when eaten rotten. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that. And then I also like, um, I, I feel like Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live. Do you remember his character where he was interviewing people and he'd be like, re- re- remember the time when when you, mm-hmm. d-? that's how I feel like now, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so re- re- remember the time where Boimler was up on stage and he had to speak like a captain and then he had to just channel Riker. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, that was that was a fun part. Um, I, I enjoyed it. it was I've, I've seen a lot of people online comparing it to a uh, an improv class, and I thought that was terrific. Uh, you know, and I guess you would probably be able to speak to that as well, of course. But I, I, I love that. You know, they're on this stage. They have the the light, the stage lights and stuff, and he's trying to be inspiring and he does eventually get there, which is cool. And we get to see like a beautifully rendered bridge of the enterprise D as well. Yeah. That was a fun scene for sure. I thought it was interesting that we saw the enterprise D because if Boimler's channeling captain Riker, he was never captain of the D and that was so many years earlier. I would think he'd be thinking of the ship, the, the bridge of the Titan because he served with Riker on the Titan and that's the ship he was captain of. So I thought it was just interesting that he was picturing him on the D. Hmm. I see. I thought that fit perfectly because, like, just a few episodes ago, Boimler kept saying how the Enterprise D was his favorite ship, and that's what he aspired to. And he experienced life on the Titan and found it wasn't for him. And he had that whole conversation with Riker, where you know he says, "Do you ever miss it?" And Riker says, "The D. Oh, yeah, that's the best ship, you know." And and Boimler wants string quartets and he wants the exploration and all that stuff. He doesn't want the Titan. He found that out very, very clearly that like that is not where he wants his career to go at all. So I thought that was totally, absolutely fitting that he saw the Enterprise D. I would have, I would have actually called it out as a bit of regression in his character if it had been the Titan Bridge because. He's like expressly stated that that's not the life for him. He wants that, you know, cushy Enterprise D holiday in in space thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good call out. I didn't even think about that. You're right. He did say he wanted to be on the D that that was his favorite ship. Yeah. 
I just remember <laughs> thinking, like, why is he picturing Riker as captain of the D? That's kind of weird. But yeah, to his perspective, he's the captain. He's just channeling Riker, and he's on the ship that he would want to be on, the ship he would want to command. But I liked it. It wasn't that I thought that scene was really all that funny. And yes, doing improv, I kind of was like, oh, yeah, this seems familiar. But it wasn't all that humorous to me. I just really enjoyed him doing the speech that we could see that, yeah, he could be a captain someday. He, he's got the chops to do it. See, in that scene, I felt like, you know, it started with them prodding him to kind of channel Riker, but I don't feel like he was channeling Riker in that. I feel right. like he kind of dug down and found his own um, chops as captain, I guess. And like he wasn't emulating anybody. It felt like that came genuinely from Boimler. So, yeah, I don't feel like he was channeling Riker necessarily in that scene. Which is the whole point that we learn later in this episode, and that's the point he's making. It's not about mm-hmm. trying to be another captain. It's you being yourself, being your own captain. Do you think Riker is trying to be another captain? No, he's being himself. That's what you got to do. And, of course, Casey's just rolling his eyes like, you don't know anything. You know, oh, you're so beneath us. You're not a red shirt anymore. Oh, yeah. that guy. <laughs> But then also we have our other friends over there doing their cleanup duty and Tendi opens up a little, a three little pigs book, which is actually an energy field book. (laughs) Things become real and these pigs are running around and things start to go really nuts. And then she gets swallowed up by a slug. And I mean, who hasn't been pooped out by a slug or something or some alien (laughs) creature, right? Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, this was all fun. This this is another moment that like I'm I'm starting to think is this over the top? The three little pigs showing up. What the heck is this? And then I remembered Rumpelstiltskin was running around Deep Space Nine. So I'm like, okay, all right, fair enough. I'll give them this, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is kind of strange, isn't it? <laughs> like, but that's what I love about it. I'm like, why? Why do we have three pigs running around? <laughs> On a ship. <laughs> yeah, that was a little crazy, but I, I'll give it to them. You know, it's a little over the top, but sure. <laughs> so, I, I, again, you know, when she touched that cube and she turned into the big scorpion, I thought, oh, no, Tindy, you know, she's like getting like, you know, this does suck. And I don't like being on the Cerritos and all these things like, OK, these are bad things that are happening. This cube is causing all these bad things. But for some reason, her screeching as she's running around was making me crack up too. I don't know why the hmm. screeching was funny to me, but it just sounded funny. <laughs> yeah, for know. me, I don't even remember that. But I, but for me, the the uh, the slug that eats her when it was screaming its head off that yes. made me laugh for whatever reason. Yes, that too. Yeah, and then you like <laughs> when they use the hypo spray on him, and he can consolidates down to that little thing it reminded me i can't remember the name of the episode but the flying pancakes from tos oh yeah Yeah. the neural parasites or whatever yeah yeah the 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 flying snot (laughs) (laughs) flying snot but then back on the planet we have the king pack led and so oh good now we can finally get this thing going on oh no wait now we have the emperor of the packlets and then we have this revolution as they call come and they're all like fighting and everything and then the one guy gets the helmet i have the helmet it's all about the big helmet yeah well i loved it first he's like it's a it's a revolution well we're gonna do away with the helmets you know no more helmets and then he sees the helmet and he's like 
Oh man, that's a nice helmet. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll wear the big helmet. So yeah, it's more of the same, I guess. <laughs> and then, yeah, when we're back on the ship and Tendi's attacking things in the mess hall and, and then the red shirts show up and they have to give their speeches and the crew people are all like looking up there with, you know, stars in their eyes and from all the speeches of like their captains, but they're not doing anything. They're just making the speech and they're trying to inspire the crew to do something. And Boyman was like, but we are the crew. We need to do something. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, Boimler steps up and does what needs to be done. And he figures out, of course, that he needs to access Tendi's positive emotions to, to get rid of this ataxian mood, whatever. And so, yeah, he does what needs to be done, which is to act like a total buffoon and get Tendi to start laughing at him. And I love, I talked a bit about this with Brandy on the live show where it seems that like this, this shift in Boimler has happened, which I really appreciate where like in season one, we found out he's really book smart. He learns everything he possibly can, but he has trouble putting it into action. Whereas Mariner is the woman of action, right? She just kind of automatically knows what to do and can navigate these situations, but Boimler messes up. But now we see that Boimler is able to assess a situation, use that book smart knowledge of like, oh, that's what this this thing that's affecting Tendi, that's what it is. I know exactly what needs to happen. And he plays to his strengths and is able to do the thing that needs to be done. Whereas, yeah, these three quote unquote captains who are just making speeches, talking over one another and getting nothing done and just confusing people and Boimler's running in and taking care of the situation. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then he realizes that he can make Tendi laugh and go to that positive side. Cause earlier in the episode, he got food spilled on him, which she thought was hilarious. So he's like, okay, I can do the same. So he orders beans hot and he dumps them on himself. And of course they're hot and they're hurt on his head and they're scorching. And then he adds another birthday cake with candles and he catches his hair on fire. <laughs> various <all> these... temperatures. <laughs> yes, various temperatures. And then he just starts calling out all kinds of foods from chicken nuggets to hot fudge sundaes to taffy and honey and all these things. And it all just it's all flying out, hit him and hitting him. And I thought about Tilly and all the food that was being thrown at her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the discovery yeah. and stuff, but that's what made it work. Tendi started laughing and became herself again. I really want to watch like the recording session for some of this stuff. Like I, I would love to see Jack Quaid in the recording booth going computer, taffy, honey, shrimp, soda, corn, steak, chicken nugget, crispy lemon, rock candy, chili, gravy, chocolate, Sunday, hot. <laughs> Wait a second, Dan, do you have that written down somewhere? Yeah, I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find that somewhere online or did you write it down? Oh, that's on Memory Alpha. That's oh, on Memory okay. Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they put all that in there. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, no, every episode, if you go to the episode guides, they have the memorable quotes from the episodes. Oh. That, and uh, that that is one of them. <laughs> they put it in there. That makes sense. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, that maybe that's what I'll have for lunch today. <laughs> or all those things. Because I like all of that. Okay, one of my favorite humorous moments is Rumdar floating out in space. <laughs> Maybe we uh, underestimated him. And then <laughs> And then 
my favorite part of that is uh, when Kayshawn sees him and he turns around, he's like, yes. Shaka. <laughs> I love that. Uh, maybe we didn't underestimate him. <laughs> I, I had to write Shaka down because that was hilarious to me too. Shaka? That was great. <laughs> and then he's brought back on board and he survives. And Tom is like, holy f- well, you know, how did he do this? How did he survive? I love that they just like brush it off. Like the doctor's like, well, I don't know how, but he's totally fine. And then she walks away like, oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> that was one part that I was laughing hard at. <laughs> yeah, me too. And they're like, where did you go? He's like, I went to the bathroom. And then I went to flush and got shot out of a little hatch. And they're like, oh. I think you were in an airlock. <laughs> and I thought, I was thinking, okay, is there a mess in that airlock now? And it, we that's so that payoff comes later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so happy that. With was that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Casey. Yeah. That was Yes, because later in the episode, Casey's on the bridge and he finally gets that moment, right? He gets that mm-hmm. moment that he gets his temporary temporary like two seconds as the acting captain and Shaq's going get out of my chair go clean up the mess on airlock 17 a packlet did something unspeakable in there (laughs) (laughs) it's like yes oh i love that and also boimler ends up getting recognition for what he did too because as casey gets assigned the acting captain position and Ransom's like, what? Yeah. Oh, sure. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Be the acting captain. That's fine. And then he walks over to Boimler and says, hey, Boimler, quick thinking in the mess hall today. Good job. Or or something like that. So that was nice. I love that he got a little bit of recognition there. Yeah, I did too. And the look on Casey's face, like, oh, crap. You know, Boimler mm-hmm. gets this recognition and <laughs> yep. Be your own captain. That's the lesson. That's the lesson right there. I also like back on the planet. I know I'm kind of jumping around, but <laughs> I can't help it. But back on the planet, I love how the packlets are all <laughs> Janeway die, Janeway die again. I laughed at every time they mentioned Janeway. Yeah, and then uh, Rumder returns back on the planet, and he's that's when he mentions the Enterprise being the has the biggest bathrooms ever, and and she's lied to us. She's not Janeway. <laughs> She's like, I've been That's telling what I've been you trying people. to say <laughs> exactly what the heck is wrong with you people. But then, you know, she starts, you know, he, he's good at keeping secrets. And she's like, oh, yes, but you're just, you know, I want to hear how amazing you are. What secrets you found out in your spy mission on the ship. He's like, oh, you know, we're doing this for big plans. We're going to smuggle a bomb under Earth. And it's like, OK, tune to beam up. <laughs> <They leave. laughs> And then they're like, hey, wait a minute. You beat Janeway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I guess in some ways, Janeway is on Voyager, Prodigy, and now Lower Decks. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. (laughs) But then, okay, so we get to the end, and they find this submanifold casting stone that you can Mm -hmm. broadcast voices to other planets. And Tony's like, well, we better not prank call Armus. (laughs) (laughs) and that's what they did so dan i did turn tune into the live show when you guys talked about this part and i know you guys thought this was hilarious 
This was great. Um, I actually, this episode, I didn't have a ton of laughs in this one. I, I feel like I had a little bit of a different reaction than you did, uh, except this part. I was killing myself laughing because uh, just how horrible Armis is and just the fact that they're prodding him and making him more miserable, which is kind of awful, but it was really funny. Uh, and I love, I love the very end, the quote where Armis says, when I find you, I'm going to kill you with a flick of my power. I am a skin of evil. More like a puddle of beep. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't I know. know why that tickled me so much, but I was like, I loved it. I love that Armis is this known thing on this planet and they just like pick on him. Like it's kind of sad really, but I love it. It's such good revenge for what he did to Tasha Yar. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, it's Absolutely. like he's there and it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're going to mess with you. And they sound like a bunch of 12 year olds. They're giggling in the background. Oh, no, wait, let me say, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, oh, your big bag of crap. Oh, we're touching your stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I don't what have any stuff. Who, who's what stuff? That? Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought we'd see him again. And here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. So anything else about this episode that we didn't touch on that you want to mention? I think we pretty much covered it. I I really enjoyed this episode. I think like, unlike you, this one, I had bigger laughs in other episodes. I think to me, the over the top stuff and like the Packlids being dumb, just, it didn't make me laugh. So I was kind of like, going through that stuff and then when we get to the end of the episode with the lessons you know we've got boimler learning that you can't just copy other captains you have to be yourself i really appreciated that and then the friendship lessons with uh tendy and rutherford and mariner i really liked i loved that they come to the realization that their bad moods pulled tendy down and did that to her and Mariner apologizes and says that, you know, we shouldn't have been trying to bring you down to our level and being miserable. We should have tried to let your enthusiasm and your love for the job affect us and bring us up. And I think that's a really important lesson. That's one that I encounter every day, right? People's moods affect me greatly. And I always have to remember that my mood can really affect the people around me as well. And I think that's, that's a wonderful lesson. And that's to me, when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, I really appreciate that. There's, there's, there's more of a depth to this than some people give it credit for, I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I love this episode. I have to give it a high mark. I'd say four and a half Veruvian bombs that will probably not be put on earth because of the Packlid's ineptitude out of five. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. My rating is probably about the same. Yes. I love the message of that. Uh, and, and being your own captain. I like the message of that too, but yeah, it really does. Other people can affect your moods. And I love the fact that they realize that they're affecting Tendi and it takes a lot to bring Tendi down. And then I think they also realize, you know, for them to bring Tendi down means that they've really been complaining a little too much, you know, and they need to feed off of her instead of the other way around. So I, I did enjoy that. And the pack lids, even though when I saw them, I was like, oh, gosh, the pack lids. OK, but then I loved the pack lids. I, I think they're the great. They're just great for this type of show. 
I mean, they're just so fun to, to play with. And yeah, everything about it and Captain Janeway and all the stuff or whatever. So anyway, I'm going to give this, yeah, I'm going to go like with you said, four and a half out of five candles at different temperatures on a birthday cake. <laughs> Various temperatures. I love that. <laughs> so anyway, so then we got our next episode next week. We have episode seven. We don't know the title of it as of this recording. We're doing this on a Saturday morning. So, uh, Dan, when people want to talk to you about chicken nuggets and hot fudge sundaes, where can they find you? Ooh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats and on YouTube at youtube.com slash Kurtrats Productions. And I can be found on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex and then other places, but I don't feel like mentioning this right now. So thanks everyone for joining us. And you know what? Come into our discussion group on Facebook, Positively Trek discussion group. Find us there. We have a page for Positively Trek, but we also have the discussion group. So join us there. We'll let you write in. I just let somebody in this morning and you know who you are. And then also, uh, what else do we have? We have our Twitter handle, Positively Trek. We're also on Instagram and we have our, of course, patrons on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash positively track if you want to contribute there for some little extra perks and early releases to episodes. So I think that pretty much covers it unless you want to send us an email, positively track at gmail.com. So thanks everyone for being a great listener and being like Tendi and giving those positive energies and bringing everybody up. Just feed off of that positivity. So stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.